This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. For tonight's episode and for all episodes, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me Brittany. How are you doing this evening, Brittany? I'm good. I woke up from a really long nap, so I feel either like I'm energized or about, or I'm like gonna crash. But <laughs> it's kind of the best feeling. I, I'll take fake energy over no energy. Uh, yeah, I um, there's a cafe that just opened near us, and they make really good iced coffee. And admittedly, I've been going to them like every day to get iced coffee, so I'm feeling more energized. But also, my wallet is like, please, what are you doing? You have coffee at home. (laughs) Help me, help me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the struggle there. But I'm glad that we're doing this. And the subject that we're doing for this evening's top 10 is a little different than normal. It is the top 10 streamers and YouTubers. I guess I should ask, I should add top 10 streamers and YouTubers to watch. Um, But, you know, it could be in brackets, the to watch uh, portion of that. But yeah, I mean, this is different, but I think it's kind of cool to kind of stray away a little from the TV and movie side. And it, it just, it should be fun, right? Yeah. I think that's like with the with those outlets, I think they've become so much like, for me, I don't even watch regular television, you know, I don't have like cable or anything, so to me, most of my entertainment comes from those sources. Well, for me, personally, I mean, I have actually been watching a ton of YouTube lately, but, you know, I rarely watch cable, it's Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff, um... I actually just finished watching the second season of the Harley Quinn show, which is on DC Universe, and it's going to go on to HBO Max soon, and that was um, really good. So I just wanted to point that out there because I literally just finished watching it like an hour before we hopped on the show. But um, I really quick, Brittany, I hope you don't mind me taking a moment to kind of talk about this, and I'm not going to go into it too much, but... Um, I would like to say, before we go any further, a little PSA for everyone, and please excuse the beeping in the background, my boyfriend is heating up his coffee and the microwave's going off, um, but (laughs) my PSA is, like, so recently, I told Brittany this, I showed her everything, I recently got not bullied because I'm like I'm a 30 year old woman like you can't bully me like I was a I was bullied in like grammar school I'm not going to be freaking bullied as a 30 year old but I recently posted a comment on Twitter about the upcoming Hawkeye series and from there have gotten a few very ugly messages on Instagram and I have to say to everyone out there listening that's not cool um it's just fiction it's just a tv show it's just a movie 
I'm allowed to have my opinion, and of course you're allowed to enjoy an upcoming show that I'm not looking forward to, but it absolutely gives you no reason to reach out to me and reach out to my mother and literally send death threats. And I know that's very serious, but the bigger conversation here is, everyone, just take a chill pill. It's like, you imagine, like, those uh, speaking about, like, social media, like, people on there and stuff, is, you know, when people are like, I got death threats over this, I'm like, uh, apparently you can get death threats over any kind of opinion that people don't like, because when you showed me that, I was so, like, for one, I was scared for you, because even though I feel like there's no nothing that will come from it, it does put a certain kind of fear into you. And I think that's so silly that it's like people get off on that sort of thing. And I'm like, could you imagine, like like Dia said, it was about Hawkeye, and she's like, it makes me hate Hawkeye even more. (laughs) (laughs) And and the thing is, is that I was speaking to my mom earlier today about it, and I was like, Even telling the story sounds so ridiculous. I didn't post anything political, no religious beliefs, or anything that may be a hot topic for people. It is literally about a fictional TV show, and it sounds ridiculous that I even have to say something like that. The bigger conversation is that online bullying isn't cool. Um, And it reminds me that there's kind of a lot of that going on like YouTube right now. So it kind of ties into what we're doing. But I just wanted to put that out here. It's something that I literally have dealt with today and yesterday. And I just wanted to let everyone know, just chill out. We are very passionate. Like, obviously, we write for we write and contribute to Geek Vibes Nation, a whole platform that is very passionate about fictional movies and TV shows. But in the end, it's a fictional, made-up movie, TV show character. It's not even that deep. <laughs> well, um, really quick before we move on, it actually kind of ties in some way. Um, I posted the stuff on Twitter. Not, again, because it's like, ooh, feel bad for me. I posted it just to, like, bring awareness and um, the main Damie um, commented under the post with the gif, I think it's from Superbad, where Michael Sarah is like, calm down, Greg, it's just fucking soccer. <laughs> and it's like, that's really what it feels like, like, calm down. <laughs> I think what's good about those people, too, is like, that dude had plenty of followers, and not like even a follow-for-follow follow kind of account. And I was sitting there, I was like, there's people that follow this dude and probably doesn't even know that that's the kind of shit he puts out there. And even if you were, why would you not make a throwaway account for that shit? Well, that's what I feel like some of them are doing because I got multiple messages from multiple different people. So some of them did feel like a throwaway account, but the one that like you're saying that had multiple followers and posts and looked like a legitimate page... I did report them to Instagram, and Instagram said that they couldn't find anything on that page to warrant them, uh, you know, doing anything. So I kind of, like, did blast that on Twitter and go, that's great, Instagram. So you're just pretty much saying that people like this can exist and use this platform. That's cool. It's all right. 
I never even really had a following on Instagram. It's a throwaway freaking social media app for me. Not that I'm going to be pushed out of it, but I really don't care. So <laughs> I just wanted to say that. But speaking of the main Damie, of course, you know, Brittany, before the beginning of each of our top tens, I always like to kind of give a shout out to the main Damie, especially in this time, because they really like stood up for me. And the um, one of the members, Anthony Del Vecchio, he commented underneath going, if this guy hates your shit, wait till he hears what I think about Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I like that. So the main Damie is a very good friend of Geek Vibes Nation. They have a podcast called Stranger Damies that they like for us to promote. So, because I know nothing about D&D, I always like to read their little script here so that listeners can, you know, it, make, it makes it sound like I actually know what I'm saying. So, um, Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Join them every Wednesday as the Wild Stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half-dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies, and make sure you follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can, of course, find us at geekvibesnation.com. Except Instagram sucks, and I'm not a big fan of them right now. But anyway, um, you know what, Brittany? Let's just dive right into this. I'm excited. Again, it is the top ten streamers and YouTubers to watch. So, Brittany, what's your number ten? I think I'm going to go with uh, somebody I really enjoyed watching. Uh, I, and what's bad is I haven't got to watch her in a while. I'm going to go with a YouTuber. I'm going to go with Simply Logical because she has had such a growth. Have you heard of her? Now, what is her name? Simply Logical. So instead of logical, Simply Logical, it's Logical. So, is that M-A-L or N-O? Like, no, like N-A-I-L. Okay, okay. <laughs> logical. Okay. The reason I enjoy her, because, so when I first started watching her, she was a nail tutorial uh, YouTuber, and there was something about her commentary and the joke she would make. She's, uh, she's Canadian, and she works for the Canadian government as a, a criminal statistician. Like, I always have trouble saying it. But she works with statistics. I'm like, can't talk today to you. But uh, what's funny is that, so she she would always make these, like, she made nail tutorials fun. And you know I don't even do my nails. But it's like her personality is so fun that I found myself like, oh, I want to keep watching her. Well, somewhere down in her career, she ended up breaking her nail because she keeps them really long. And so she took a break from doing her uh, nail tutorials to, um, what's the word for it, to kind of explore other content. So she started doing, like, oh, or she'd review little toys or, you know, open her mail or, you know, like, just other stuff. And it was so funny because a lot of people were like, oh, you're so much like Jenna. You're biting off of Jenna. And she's like, like, Jenna Marbles. 
which mm-hmm. we'll come to that later. But, you know, but she was like, I love Jenna Marble. She was like, uh, she's part of the reason, you know, like, she very much looked up to Jenna Marble, so she did have a lot of those personality quirks like her. But what's awesome for about her, I think, is that for everything she she's been doing she's never quit her job to do youtube she does both she was doing youtube full-time and her government job full-time to the point that and she owns her own business now she ended up making a nail polish company and you know she did kind of take a step away from youtube a little bit because she um she was kind of burning the candle at both ends and she wanted to focus more on her podcast, but she was always telling people, she was like, you know, for those people that are like, I'm going to do YouTube full time. She goes, it's, she goes, don't listen to the YouTubers that are like, well, I made it so you can make it. She goes, that person was a one in a million chance. And of course they're going to be like, I made it because they did. They're like, that doesn't mean you're going to make it. Please don't quit your job. And, and she was always like, Please go to college. And I'm like, man, that reminds me of Tia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoy her. I really enjoy Simply No Logical. I wonder if my mom watches her videos because, you know, she does her nails a lot and she likes doing all of those type of um, crazy designs and all of that. So I do wonder if she watches Simply Neological. Like, for me... I don't really watch nail stuff just because um, it reminds me that I don't do my nails anymore. <laughs> um, but it is it is so crazy, like, how talented some people are when it comes to their nail designs because, for me, I when I did have, like, paint on my nails and stuff, I was getting them done, right? I was going and I was getting my nails done because I cannot do them myself for shit. As my mom says, it always looks like I just slap the paint on there. And <laughs> she's she's not wrong. Like, she's not wrong at all. <laughs> you're, like, uh, you're like, I didn't kind of throw it on there. Well, that was the nice thing is, like, she showed me, like, uh, Simply Neological, which her real name is Christine. She always says don't spell it with an H because she's like, I'm not Christine. I am Christine, which I always funny. But, you know, she, like, I learned, like, about liquid latex that you can put around your nails. So even if you're messy, you just peel that off and you have perfect nails. Or, you know, how to take care of your nails. You know, peel off face coats. My love of hollow. Because right? she always goes, it's hollow. Because hollow nail polish, you know, where it changes rainbow in the sunlight. You know, and I think for me, whenever uh, my uh, brother's fiance, she, uh, you know, we, we've always gotten along, but it, I was always like, oh, I don't know what we could watch together. And we ended up, I had kind of watched her, and so she got into Simply No Logical. I remember we'd sit for hours and just watch, like rewatch stuff. I'd probably rewatch so much of her shit so many times but it's like I can't get enough of it because I just find it so it's almost soothing to watch somebody do their nails oh yeah definitely and we'll get into obviously like other type of soothing content a little later on in the list with my picks but I completely understand the whole allure to watching something like this even if you say necessarily um 
aren't into doing your nails, right? It is just, like, a soothing process. But, like, it's soothing to watch, but for me, doing them is super stressful. (laughs) Right? I'm always like, don't don't mess up, and then your hand, like, goes full on, like, seizure. Like, it just, like, goes everywhere. (laughs) Or... Or you do one hand really well because you're doing it, say, like, I'm a righty, um, and I think you yeah. are as well. Um, so it's like you'll do your left hand super well because you're using your right hand. But then when it comes to doing the right hand and you have to do it with your left hand, it's like, oh, God, motor functions are not working right now. I want to slap my left hand and go, work, damn you, you lazy piece of shit. <laughs> Which is so funny. I know this has nothing to do with anything, but this is a funny story. Um, when I was younger, I was into sports, which is so not how I am now. But I was on the softball team, and one game I really, like, fucked up one of the fingers on my right hand. I had, like, jammed it. It was, like, purple. It was inflamed. I went to the doctor. They put a splint, and they were like, you know, you have to wear this splint for, like, a week or two, however long, they said, you know. And so I really couldn't write. So I was, like, starting to write with my left hand. So even now, like, my I'm not ambidextrous at all, but my writing, I would say, isn't so bad if I try with my left hand. Like, I can try to do it. But as far as, say, doing my nails with my left hand, no. It's it's a complete, like, clusterfuck. It's like um, I can catch a ball and throw a ball with my left hand or throw a frisbee. I can do a lot of, like, like activities with my left hand, but not, yeah. not, not the fine details. Not, not the fine details. <laughs> like, well, when I see people, like, draw a butterfly on their finger now, I'm like, burn the witch. I don't even know why I didn't think of this. I Because, like, since March, right, I've been working from home. So I'm on a laptop with the, you know, uh, the keypad. But when I was in the office, we have an actual physical mouse with the computer because it's a desktop. And I use my left hand because my mom's a lefty. And growing up, she was the only one who was using the computer. And my dad, like, hates wires, So he would, like, say, tape the wires to the mouse to go to the left side, right? So you really couldn't pull the mouse. And this is back when, like, you know, mouse, mice, mouses uh, were, you know, they weren't wireless. So you couldn't easily pull it to the right side. So you just had to get used to using your left side. So even today, I feel more comfortable with the mouse with my left hand than I do my right hand because then I just use my right hand to, like, you know, type or write or something. But people will see that and they'll go, oh, you're a lefty. I'm like, no, I write with my right hand, but I use the mouse with my left hand. No. <laughs> you weirdo. No, I'm joking. I know. I know. It's so funny that we don't even question that stuff as a kid. That's like um, my uh, my mom and dad, one of their best friends that they've grown up with forever. He uh, he's raising his uh, his granddaughter alone, like well with his wife, but you know, like not with the mother involved. And, yeah. and he's super into sports. And since this little girl was like born, he's been handing to everything to her left hand because he's in an attempt to get her where she could use both arms because oh, a left-handed sports players are better because you're not like especially competitive games like. Like playing baseball, 
because if somebody hits a bat from the like with you know like on the opposite side, it's harder for people to predict where the ball's gonna go. And I was like, that's some like dedication. That is some investment there. Um, but don't they know that all like left-handed people are the devil? Right. I, I'm not. Wasn't that Catholic. the? Isn't that the Catholics that believe that left-handed makes evil? That was definitely before my time, definitely before I went to Catholic school. I heard about that very later in life, that whole, um, you know, mindset, and I laughed because I thought to myself, how did no one laugh and think that that was utterly ridiculous back in the day? But, yeah, um, I love you starting this off with a Simply Neological. I'm going to hit number nine, and I'm going to do a little bit of ass-kissing um, and a little bit of in internal promotion. I'm going to start off big here, all right? You ready for this? Yeah, yeah I got you. So it's going to be a Twitch streamer by the name of Itty Bitty Brit. Um, (laughs) No, seriously, I thought to myself, that's kind of what inspired this list. I thought, why not? Let's do it. Um, And I'll let you take handle of this in a second. But no, seriously, so I'm talking about Brittany, obviously. She is a Twitch streamer, extremely dedicated. Again, her handle is Itty Bitty Brit. Um, and she just, you know, you know, I'll let, I'll let you take it from here. Please explain what you do on Twitch. And I have to say before I push it over to her, like my mom always tells me, uh, Tia, you do these two hour podcasts. That's so long. No one's going to listen to that. And it's like, if people can watch a six to eight hour stream, which is what Brittany does most of the time. Um, you can listen to my two-hour podcast. <laughs> oh, Tia, that's sweet. I'm not used to you being nice to me. I better take advantage of this. You better <laughs> take advantage of it. It's not going to last very long. <laughs> I'm You want me to go and like about what Twitch is or what I've been doing on Twitch? Both. You know, I know that you've been uh, playing The Last of Us uh, Part 2. Which So what do you think about that? Because I've heard, on, so you know I'm not a gamer, I don't know much about it, but I have heard people kind of complain about it, but then other people not complain about it. So what is your kind of consensus here? I think this is what it is, and I'm pretty fresh off of both of them because I played The Last of Us, which was the first one, and then a week later The Last of Us Part 2 came out. And what's funny is I hadn't even planned to really set that up the way it did. I just was like, oh, I have my capture card back, which means I can play my PlayStation games uh, and stream them through my PC for people to watch, right? Because you can't just do that offhand. Mm-hmm. Well, so playing, but th- this is what I think it is. And, and this is like spoiler alert just in case I miss say because everybody's <laughs> trying to avoid spoilers. But The Last of Us was about about a man who, it's at the beginning of this apocalypse, like, it's like Walking Dead, right? You got zombies. But in this yeah. one, that zombies are kind of caused by, like, spores, like a fungal infection, which makes sense, because, you know, you see that happen to, like, the parasites and insects, or, like, a fungus that basically controls them, right? Well, mm-hmm. 
at the very beginning, this is where it's spoiler alert, because, like, how how sudden it is, is that his name is Joel, and he has a daughter, and he's raising her alone. Well, uh, her name is Sarah. Well, she ends up dying right at the beginning. She gets shot. Because uh, it's it's just this whole big thing. So it fast forwards 20 years in the future, and... You know, he's very hardened up. He doesn't want anything to do with really anybody except for uh, Tess, which is this woman that you've kind of alluded that they're kind of romantically interested. Well, they end up taking in a girl named Ellie, which uh, they're trying. It turns out she's immune. And it's this Hmm. whole long story about trying to get her somewhere where they can make a cure. And I won't go much further into that. He is so hardened against Ellie that he doesn't want to let her into his heart because he lost his daughter, and he's been so survival mode for the last 20 years since his daughter passed away. And and people loved it so much because of him breaking down his walls and how all of this felt like their relationship was earned, right? Mm-hmm. It was earned, and you felt good about it, and it was everything you needed. And it was following the story about you know, two people that have faced loss and their father-daughter relationship. The reason, The Last of Us Part 2 is still amazing. I'm trying to sh- cut this down because I'm trying to answer your question, but with the most information I can, is The Last of Us Part 2, while it doesn't focus on the relationship of a father-daughter relationship, it goes more into... Uh, oh, everybody isn't truly good, you know, even good people did bad things, and it didn't have the charm that the first one did. It's still an amazing story, still amazing gameplay, still amazing graphics, but it doesn't have the emotional attachment. It just feels like this one is just meant to hurt you for the sake (laughs) of hurting And I have cried so many times in this game, I'm just ready to die. (laughs) Which is insane that a video, like, again, I know I keep saying, like, again, but I I feel like I don't really want to repeat myself, but still, like, as a prelude, like, the video games that I played back in the day did not have stories like this, right? It was very, like, cut and dry, you know? Um, Me being someone who loved, say, the video game franchise SSX, right? Even though it had a even though it had a premise and had characters, and especially with, say, SSX Tricky, they went very much into the characters and really developed them to the point where, you know, there's, like, a shit ton of fan fiction for it that I may or may not have also participated because of the <laughs> extreme character development. But, like, that was it. The fact that, like, it sounds like a movie and that people oh. are crying while you know, playing it... Made- movie i think or like a tv series or something because it's so freaking popular like like this thing has like a cult following like i'm telling you like um like i i just i couldn't believe the amount of people that came in to watch it when i was watching like playing the first one because they it's been so i had avoided spoilers about it so for them to get to see me have a fresh look at it and it was so funny because every time i cried they're like we're crying with you (laughs) and that's kind of like i think when a lot of people are talking about twitch and you know and i talk about it and people are like i don't get why 
people would just sit and watch somebody play games for hours. And I'm like, it's because you're getting to experience it with them. It's like it's like YouTube, but watching them live and being able to interact with them. And for me, why I enjoy doing it is because I feel less lonely, especially when I was home alone. And Tia, you know, you live in New York, Ansley. My other friend, she lives three hours away, used to be four hours away. And it felt like like a bunch of friends sitting on a couch together watching me play a game and being able to discuss it. And I think that's kind of the great thing about Twitch is being able to have a community where you feel like you're giving and taking by enjoying one another. Yeah, and I, I mean, I definitely could get that. I was just saying, like, my argument was that a two-hour podcast compared to an eight-hour stream. Um, <laughs> I wasn't saying against that. I was just saying, like, for people that are like, what the fuck is Twitch? What the fuck is live well, streaming? Well, I mean, I will admit that I kind of also had those type of thoughts and maybe kind of still do have those thoughts. Uh, it's not the whole Twitch thing. It Like, the concept in general. Because, it's you know, at the end, it's, it's like YouTube, right? My thing is, and you've explained it to me, and I've seen, like, things that, you know, explaining it and everything. It's just, like, to me, like, YouTube is different because it's, like, when you get paid through YouTube, YouTube is paying you. Um, Twitch feels sometimes a little less stable and because you're relying on people to pay you, Right? Um, and Brittany and I have talked about this, but I think it's a good time to bring it up. Um, I watched a YouTube video about, like, the worst Twitch streamers, and one of them being this girl, um, who literally was screaming at her audience that they couldn't donate $5. And in my head, I'm like, you're not entitled to that at all. So why are you getting, like, no one told you to get in front of the camera. And then there's this other Twitch streamer who is like, oh, well, I'm seeing people in my comments who are saying, like, oh, they, you know, are in financial difficulties. Well, you know, then you shouldn't even be sitting here watching this. You should be getting a job. And it's like, yeah, you too, girl. You too. (laughs) You too. (laughs) So to me, it's like, I think that. And I'm not saying for everyone, because obviously I, I put you on the list, like, you know, and it's nothing against, like, Twitch streamers in general. It's just, to me, it's, like, the arrogance and the audacity for some of these maybe young people or even, like, older people um, who kind of, like, feel so entitled to other people's money. And, and that's kind of the thing of it, too, is I think sometimes because... It, so with YouTube and stuff, you're getting your AdSense, your ad revenue, right? And you get a certain mm-hmm. amount of that Twitch, but subscribing allows someone to be able to not have to see the ads, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to interact right away. And uh, most creators or most streamers will make uh, have, you know, emotes made that are specific for their channel that they can use everywhere. But I definitely get that because there's been times where somebody will go, I'm so sorry I couldn't sub, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine because you're not, you're not, um, what's the word, entitled to other people's money. That's why a lot of people push so hard for partnerships because when you get partnered, that opens you up for sponsorships, which then becomes your stable uh, income. That's why a lot of people are like, how can you try to go full-time? And that's why it's like I, I've been 
very lucky and appreciative that everybody has been so generous, but I always have to tell them whenever they apologize. It makes me feel bad. I'm like, don't apologize. Or, or, or if they miss an hour of the stream, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't apologize. It's cool. It's cool. But then I do see where it's already hard enough because of how Twitch can be, especially for... There is a stigma as a female streamer where it's either, you know, you do have the slut shaming, you do have, you know, this or that, because some people feel like some female streamers use it as a version of, like, say, an OnlyFans, but, you know, less enough that they can be seen easily, right? And so it's because of negative things. And so when people do that where they're like, Oh, you can't, it does make you look money hungry. And then it's like, it makes us look even worse as, you know, when they do that, because it doesn't bother me about, say, um, people being scantily clad, because I'm like, oh, make that money. But whenever they do the begging or the meanness, I'm like, God, you're making us look really bad on a platform that's 80% men and 20% women. You know what I mean? I just think it makes people look very childish, very bratty. Um, And to me, I'm like, there are so many people out there who say, like, have talents and all of that, but don't have the means to, you know, become famous or maybe don't have, say, the aesthetics to look a certain way, you know, and so therefore they aren't as popular. And it's like, but you're being so ungrateful. I don't know, like... The other day on YouTube, I subscribed to someone, and they had, like, a button that said join. I didn't know what that meant, so I clicked on the join thing, and it's, like, for $4.99, you know, a week or something like that, you can get, and I was like, nope, I'm like, I have YouTube for free, why am I going to pay this to, like, join? (laughs) So maybe it's just me being cheap, maybe it's just me being cheap, but that's just how I feel about it, but, yeah. I just wanted to get you on this list, so Itty Bitty Brit for Twitch. Um, she's literally streaming, what, tomorrow, Monday, something like Probably that? Monday, <laughs> yeah. Take the weekend off. I, I was just, that, that's the hard thing about um, trying to juggle streaming with having another full-time job in college. Is you're like, God, I really want to play. But you also remember... You know, as much as fun as it is, and a lot of people are like, you're just playing video games. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But imagine you're talking, because you talk straight. There's not a quiet moment where you just sit and don't talk. It is, it is four to six to eight hours of just straight talking. And that's why you, you need to become a. That's why you need to become a mukbanger. <laughs> just an ASMR mukbanger. That was funny because uh, I have two friends. They're uh, they're twins, and they're like, "Hey, hey," and they're like, "You should eat on screen." Speaking <laughs> of fun on YouTube, tea time with Tia. Uh, you think I'm not gonna shut you out? And then also, you've been doing the mukbangs with your friend Cindy. I say your friend like I don't know her, but you yeah, know I was what I'm saying. That sounded really like unnatural. Um, <laughs> I was like, how do I say this? How how do I say this in a more descriptive tone? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean we, you know, I have no like aspirations really to become like a mukbanger per se. It's just something we do for fun. We put it on my uh, private, not my private, on my personal channel. Um, 
TFAB just because it's like, hey, we really lo- like I love and we'll again get into it later on the list. But it's like I love watching mukbang. Um, so it's like, why can't we just do it? But not in the sense of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just fun. Like, it's just fun what we want to do for that, um, which it's like, uh, but even then, like, we talk a lot. Like, we, we are talking throughout the whole video. Um, and even, like, for a second when, like, say the two of us are chewing something and there's, like, silence, I feel so awkward. And I'm like, how is it for some of these mukbangers <laughs> literally don't say anything the entire video? And then they just have to make, like, awkward eye contact uh, with, the, with the video. So um, that's just it. But, yeah, um, number nine is Itty Bitty Brit. Brittany, what is your number eight? I think I'm gonna go with a streamer, and I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a man named Mizkif, M I Z K I F. And yeah, you're I, gonna have to like tell me how to spell all of these. So I, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny with Twitch and their their username. And I think why I enjoy this person, right, is because he reminds me so much of when I was growing up. And Dakota moved out, my older brother, and his house became, like, the gamer kid house, right? I would come over, there'd be, like, six PCs set up, it'd be burning hot in there because their computers were running so hot, and ordering shit ton of pizza, and just playing video games all night, right? And you know how, you know, those gamer guys are, you know, they're silly, they're, like, they're funny, but it was always a party all the time, right? And I think for me, the streamer, he, he, he doesn't take himself seriously. So he's starting to, like, thin out, right, with his hair. And everybody tells him he looks like an egghead. So you know Whoa. what this, you know what this dork does? He makes emotes of his face, but in the shape of an egg. And he has pillows laying around of, like, egghead pillows of himself, like, this person does not take himself seriously. And what I what I like about him is that a lot of big Twitch streamers, after a while, they don't pay as much attention to their chat, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have constantly flowing. This is one of the only people I've seen where I I have even been slightly acknowledged in the chat for saying something and getting a response for someone that has, like, because he he's big, but not as big as say like Doctor Disrespect, who's having like fourteen to twenty thousand people watching him. He may have like two to three to four thousand watching him, which is still a huge amount. But he's constantly checking chat, which is you know it's hard when you have that many people. And a lot of times when people sub, you know, like you know, paying the five dollars to subscribe to them for the month. You know, a lot of streamers won't even acknowledge it. They'll be like, ah, thanks, you know, blah, blah, But he will take the time to call them out by name, say thank you, say, you know, like, it feels nice that it feels like there's someone out there that still actually cares about it because there is a certain point where the charm of feeling like you connected with a streamer and getting to watch them starts to fade away as they get bigger because you feel like just another viewer but I think it's impressive that he still has such great interaction 
and that he doesn't get offended by anything because and and for me wanting to grow hearing him go at some point he goes he goes to deal with the fact he goes that it is strange that i have thousands of people talking to me he said i just imagine y'all as one big entity that is my friend he goes because i can see the way chat sways either angry sad funny he said and it's like he's like y'all are just my one big friend and i'm like you know what that's good advice that's good advice i like that it is interesting also because, um, what was I going to say? It's interesting because it kind of piggies back to something that we were, say, talking about before where, you know, the sometimes these streamers stop paying attention to their chats, right? Or they become almost like borderline, like, arrogant and entitled with their um, viewers and their subscribers, but not you know, it sounds like not with this guy. And it's like, it's nice to know that there's someone out there who is, um, you know, still like acknowledging the people who are essentially giving him money. Right. And then giving him a platform to, uh, do all of this on. So, um, and what kind of like video games and stuff does he play? The big thing with him is, like, lately he's gotten into speed running, like, say, uh, you know, in 64 Mario. Yes. Uh, he has been beating it in, like, 20 to 30 minutes, and that's <laughs> one of his personal best. But he really collects, like, old uh, retro games. He loves collecting, like, the cartridges, like, say, like, the N64 and everything. Um it was actually sweet because he started crying on the stream because Twitch sent him a, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Zelda or it was Mario, but it was a video game worth like two to $3,000 that he had wanted for so long. And he just started crying on stream and I was like, that's so sincere. And especially for like, you know, when it's kind of like, oh, guys don't cry, you know, that's silly, you know, blah, blah. For someone to be so openly happy and touched about something was pretty sweet. Aww. Well, no. I, like and that. I know, and he's a big just chatting streamer, which just chatting is, as its name is, you, you're just talking to your chat. Um, you know, so really quick, I have to do this as like a, um, an honorable mention, right? So I talked about the main Damey, correct? Um, they kind of have an offshoot, um, like, podcast, but also, like... So it's called the Game Vault Podcast, right? And it has... Mar- Remember Mark? We did the Snowpiercer. Um, yeah, so Mark is involved with it, along with Dan Aquino's wife, Jenny, and this guy, Tom. Uh, and Jenny is also, like, a gamer. I don't know if she's on Twitch or YouTube. but she, So it reminded me, because I believe that they also do, like, retro games. I could be talking out of my ass, but I, you know, go check them out. But it just reminded me, like, about the retro games type of stuff, like Mario Kart. I feel like that is something that I would love to watch. Like, you, like, as I said, oh my god, how many times can I say, like, you know me, but, um, I like the retro, I like the retro games. I would much rather watch someone doing, like, Mario Kart, like, N64, than say, no offense, like, The Last of Us. 
Well, and that's me too. Uh, it, was, it is definitely a simpler time for those sort of games. Like where it wasn't like, oh, I had this and this and this and this happened, you know. Oh, but here's the plot twist. It was it was linear, and I think that's why those had such charm. Like Banjo Kazooie, I love Banjo Kazooie. I mean, you're basically tracking down a witch, and you're you're trying to like help your sister. You know, it w- it didn't have like the deep emotional scars that losing your daughter can have and how it turns you into a cold and callous person and now you've done that. Do you know what I mean? This is so off topic, but I feel like the only game that I felt like emotionally scarred from was when that one time when I was over at your house and we were playing Outlast. Well, not only did it kind of, like, freak me out, but also, like, the first player, like, thing made me so nauseous. I don't know if you remember that. Well, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 no, like, the motion sickness gets me so bad. That it gets me, because remember, we only played, like, five seconds out of <laughs> it, and I, and I don't stream that because I started actually playing Outlast, right? I saw I started that playing. on your yeah. I saw that on your thing, and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> throwback. <laughs> I know, and I told him, I was like, I was like, now, I go, I played this for a hot second, right? I said I played this for a hot second, but I was like, uh, I was like, but I got motion sick, you know, everything else, I was like, no good, no good. No good, but, um, so, your number eight is Ms. Kiff. Did I say that yeah. right, or am I totally fucking that up? Yep, you got it, girl. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, from what you were saying, um, sounds not like your typical Twitch streamer. No, I know people are going to be like, what are you saying now? But, no, it sounds like uh, a good channel to go and watch because I think that you should just support nice people. Um, But I'm going to hit number seven. Um, and mine is going to be on YouTube again. All of mine are going to be on YouTube, pretty much. Um, and the YouTube channel is called Tiny Kitchen. Talk about um, things that are, like, therapeutic to me. And they're not the only ones who've done it. You can go on Instagram and check it out. You can go on YouTube. There's plenty of other uh, channels, but I like theirs the most. And it is literally, a like, people cooking things on such a tiny level. So please, Brittany, first of all, tell me that you've seen this type of video before. Oh, I, I fell down the rabbit hole at like <laughs> 3 in the morning and watched until 6 a.m. <laughs> I, I, I have done that. Tiny kitchen is so cute, though. It's and so cute. They, they look legit. And I'm like, how did you... How did you make this work? And where did you find freaking, like, hummingbird-sized eggs that you're doing the cooking with. Oh, that is the thing. It's like when you look at it, some of the stuff, uh, like the eggs, as you said, and the little tiny knife that they do, and even the little tiny stove, like it is literally to the point of where, and I think it's so cute, where it has the stove, and it's obviously like this little candle, right, that you would, like, put in something, and he, like, lights it, puts it in, then, like, puts the little pan on it, like, but it's funny, because it's, like, you see it, and you're, like, all right, they can't be using, say, real ingredients, it's just, like, way on a small level, but no, the 
he's actually using butter. The butter's actually melting. He's actually, you know, or she, I don't really know if it's a guy or a girl or if, you know, it's a bunch of people or something. But, you know, they're making things like Philly cheesesteak. I even have, like, it up. I'm looking at their videos right now. And it is so, like, it is so adorable. Tiny risotto, uh, tiny chocolate eggclairs, and it's, the, some of the, like, with my own two hands, and <laughs> like, like, minuscule versions. I mean, I guess that I don't is, have to, like, taste yeah, super amazing, but, su- like, still, though. No, 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 that is exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I'm not even, like, a cook in regular fashion. And they are making, like, super legit, like, tiny broccoli and cheese chicken casserole. What? Tiny onion rings. It's so cute. It's so, um, and just the way they film it, right? No talking or anything. They just film the hands doing all of the steps in the cooking process. It's so therapeutic. It's so easy to watch. And I have to wonder, like, they have to eat this stuff at the end, right? And it's, I wonder, what did, does it even taste like? Like, if they're making a tiny, say, Philly cheesesteak, and you put it in your mouth, it's like, does it really taste like a Philly cheesesteak? And in that case, are you then disappointed that it literally was like a bite? And you're like, damn, I wish I had the whole entire thing now. That's like as a kid when you get Flintstone vitamins, and you're like, okay, I want more. And they're like, no, you that's all you get today. And you're like, well, what the fuck? I want more. <laughs> I want uh, like, I was that kid that was like, I could eat a handful of those. It, it totally won't harm me. It totally won't give me over the amount, which I don't know how bad it would hurt you, but I don't care to find out. So I don't know what the Flintstone vitamins were when you were a kid, if they were the gummies or the chalky ones, but I did not like the chalky ones. They were chalky when I was a kid. Uh, Now they're gummies, and I'm like, you bastards are so lucky because they were the chalky, like, hard ones when I was a kid, and I did not find them tasty at all. (laughs) Oh, I I do not prefer gummy vitamins, like, I, I do prefer where I'm like, do they have adult Flintstone vitamins? <laughs> they should uh, make that, honestly. What'd you say? I, I don't know why this just reminded me of, like, a blast from the past of, like, oh, Flintstone vitamins. But does it ever bring you back to a nostalgic moment where I was like, oh, yeah, I was the stupid kid that mom said don't touch the hot, hot curling iron. And I was like, I guess I'm touching this hot curling iron. And that makes me think of the, the vitamins where mom would be like, don't take more than one. And I'm like, I'm going to take two or three. All right, so this is really random and off topic, but it reminds me of this. So when I was a kid, we lived in a different apartment than the apartment that, say, you um, came over back when I was still living with my parents. Um, and in this apartment, the toaster oven, not the toaster oven, the toaster, I'm so used to toaster ovens now because I've had a toaster oven for years and I haven't had an actual toaster and having a toaster oven is just so much better. But, um, my mom had a toaster and it was on like, say a shelf in the kitchen. And I don't know what she was making toast, we'll say, right? And it was the type of like, toaster that I think it 
I don't know. I was a kid, right? So who knows the reasoning? Maybe it was one of those things where, like, the toaster was, like, pretty much janky and broke, and the only way to, like, make sure that shit didn't burn was to unplug it. Because I remember at some point she's, like, cooking, and she's like, Tia, unplug the toaster, because, you know, the toast is going to get too toasted. Maybe you didn't have a time. Maybe. I don't know. Again, I was like a kid because we moved out when I was like eight or ten. So definitely before then. Right. And I went to unplug the toaster and I guess I yanked it too hard and the toaster completely fell. And tell me how my thumb got caught in the actual toaster no. so i had this like this no. so i had this like massive burn blister in between my thumb and my index finger my mom had to like grab me and like run me into like the bathroom and took and like put my hand underneath cold water and everything in the sink so i don't know why that just reminded me of that story <laughs> oh. Oh, poor little dumb baby T. They're <laughs> <laughs> talking about things that, like, you know, don't do that. It's like, don't yank the toaster so hard that you literally, like, burn your thumb. Yeah, no joke. No joke. Which, you know, if you are, say, cooking on a tiny kitchen, you really don't have to worry about that. So, <laughs> uh, we got way off topic there, but... um. My number seven is going to be Tiny Kitchen because I feel like it's just so enjoyable to watch. And I probably am going to go through their latest videos once we get off of this podcast. So, yeah. I'm going to look at it. I know I'm like, <laughs> I must finish essay so I can watch YouTube videos. It's the best. But, um, Brittany, what's your number six? I'm going to go with a channel, like, this goes back to, like, therapeutic. I'm going to go with Odd Tinkering, because since I was a kid, I was fascinated with uh, people taking, oh, sorry, I got, I, I was like, I hear loud noises. Um, odd, it's not the Odd Tinkering. It, ever since I was a kid, I was really fascinated with, like, people taking apart game systems. And seeing what was inside, and I always wanted to do that, but you know, as a kid, you're like, I ain't gonna take my expensive shit apart just to see what the inside looks like, right? And so, this guy, what he does is he gets old broken systems, Game Boys, uh, Game Cubes, N64s, you know, and he restores them. And I didn't realize that you could take, like, I've learned so much from this guy. You know, like, when you have a system or anything that's, like, old plastic, it starts to yellow, right? And it mm-hmm. looks really weird. You know, it just, it's, I don't know how it does it. I learned that you can put that shit in hydrogen peroxide and then put uh, UV lights on it. And it bleaches that color out of it. Takes it just out and makes it look exactly like it did when it was brand new. And this dude is so, like, I've seen people that fix up systems, right? And they'll be like, oh, I've got to replace this part because it's broken, right? Because, like, there's a short circuit. This dude is literally, like, he never talks. He never talks. And I kind of enjoy that he doesn't talk. Like, it's, I like just being able to read it and go along and just hear him working on it. But he'll actually solder new connections into the, the, like, circuit board 
instead of replacing the whole thing. And I'm like, the amount of knowledge that must go into that and how interesting that is, I don't know, I just find him fascinating. And we had a friend over who, uh, his name is Dillard, and he loves watching that kind of stuff. And even he was just like, oh, my God, this is impressive. Like, just how he could work on it. And I just, I don't know. He doesn't even do anything. Like, he doesn't, I don't think he, I don't know if he resells them or what. But I guess I'm just, I'm just, he's very impressive. But, man, I fall asleep to his videos all the time. I've more than once have fallen asleep and looked up my phone playing on to, like, the 17th video on the road. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? So, as you were talking, I looked him up on YouTube and I subscribed because I love this type of shit. Um, I, I lo- No, I really love the whole, like, restoration of uh, uh, old technology in general, I kind of love looking at, say, like, old tech. Um, I even have, like, a Pinterest uh, group. Not group, like, what is it, folder of, yeah. like, old tech just because I find it so fascinating. So this is really cool. Like, I'm looking at the videos, like, World War II flashlight with rust holes. Oh, restoration. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get more onto, like, his electronics. But, yeah, I forgot, like, he does plenty of that, too. Like, the, like you said, the World War II, like... Uh, like, he's done, like, matches, lighters. Uh, no, that's so cool. Like, even, like, you know, I restored the $2 eBay junk Game Boy Color Retro Console. And it's, like, I think that's so cool. Um, When I was in kindergarten, something that we did was take apart old uh, modems and keyboards, and I loved, like, the idea of looking at that, and I remember I did have a Game Boy that once it, like, crapped out, I did, like, open it up. I mean, I didn't restore it or anything. I just really wanted to open it up and look at it, um, but I, I, I can see that that's what you would also get out of a page like this. It's, it's almost just therapeutic. Like, I, I don't know if it's, like, one... I like just where they have no music, no mm. nothing, just the sound of them undoing the screws. The like it made me want to buy like an old system if I could find one super cheap, which they're hard to find that cheap, and just tinker on it. Because I'm like, I just want to learn, and it makes me think of my friend Ryan. He actually does that for uh, for phones. He restores phones or. You know, he can do, like, that, like, re- like solder, re-solder the connections and all that. And I'm like, shit, that's impressive. I want to be impressive. Um, yeah, I am not so much, like, a restoration person. I just want to take shit apart. Does that make sense? Like, I just want to take <laughs> it apart and see what it looks like that way. <laughs> you just like to ruin something and then go, I'm done with it. Yeah, no, yeah, that definitely. I um, used to like take apart my Barbie dolls as a kid, which I've You're seen like a lot of. I've seen like a lot of like things on serial killers where they're like, "I knew it because the person was cutting the hair off of a Barbie doll," and I'm like, "I used to do that. I just wanted to do it." <laughs> I knew it. You're the killer. Which, oh, sorry, I, I'm like trying not to get off subject. Made me remember. Doesn't Seattle have a new serial killer? And that's fucking terrifying. I didn't know that, but thank you, Brittany. Um, on to the odd tinkering. 
I don't know if this is the same page, but I was watching another... I, again, I don't know if it's them or it was just another restoration page, but there was one day that I kind of went down, like, the rabbit hole of watching those type of videos because there was this one guy who took, like, this um, butcher's knife that was completely rusted over, right? Like, if you looked at it, you would think to yourself, why even put the effort I just go by, like... Huh? I think that is the same guy, because I've seen him do a big old butcher's knife that was completely rusted over. It was completely rusted over. Not only did he get the rust off, but he gave it an entirely new, like, handle. And in my head, I'm sitting there going, again, you would just go and buy a new butcher's knife. But he freaking took the rust off, he sharpened it, he put a new handlebar on it, and I'm like, that is just... And, you know, that's what some people find really soothing and really fun, you know? I've... It's not my thing. Like, I wouldn't do that for for fun. I would watch someone do that for fun. But you hear people who are like, oh, I, you know, this is going to be my Sunday project or something, and they like doing that. Man, no, I want to tinker with shit. Thanks, Tia. <laughs> Again, I only, I only like taking shit apart. Um, and I always have wanted to have a moment like Office Space. Uh, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it was a movie that came out in the 90s, actually including Jennifer Aniston in it, um, and dealt with people in an office, and pretty much anyone who's worked in an office has felt the mundane, uh, soul-sucking vibe that they show perfectly in this movie, and there's one part where, um everyone's losing their job and three of the workers decide to take the old fax machine that has never fucking worked for them and take it out to the yard and literally beat it to shit with baseball bats and i'm like i want to do that i'm like i feel that like that frustration of day in and day out trying to like fax something or trying to scan something and the piece of machinery not working and that just overall feeling that you get where you're like i would take a baseball bat to this and just Go at it. <laughs> you know what, Tia? Next time you come to Arkansas, mom and dad do so much auctioning and come around really cheap shit. If I find a big old cheap fax, like either fax machine or printer, I will buy it literally so we can destroy it. No, you know what I've always wanted to do? Um, have you seen those things where there are rooms that you go and you pay for yeah, and yeah. you just smash it. I want to do that so badly. <laughs> I do too. I saw like, they always have the cool shit in California like that. What did you say? Like that kind of stuff in California, they have a bunch of shit like that. Like the rooms where you can do that. And I'm like, I just need to go visit California for the content. Uh-huh. I have to see if we have something like that in the city or whatever, because I feel like if California has it, New York has to have it, too. There has to be, like, so a room. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck California. No, um, but... <laughs> No, I love it. I'm so happy that you put this on the list because I literally went and subscribed and I'm going to watch it. This and Tiny Kitchen are just totally the type of um, therapeutic content that I feel like I need in my life. 
you know what? I'm happy I could help, baby girl. I'm happy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is your number six, and I love it. I am going to take number five, um, and I am going to do actually a mukbanger. Um, her na- and listen, I was trying to sit here like, oh, you know, if I'm going to put a mukbanger on the list, you know, who should I do? Because I do watch a few. You know, we have Zach Choi. Um, and you have Dorothy, who's this Korean, South Korean mukbanger, you know, but they have such a huge following either way. So I feel like if you're into mukbang, you like know who the hell they are. But I am picking this girl. Her name is Peggy Neo. And she is from the Philippines. She, I just like her content. She is quirky. Um, first of all, she's a fantastic drawing artist as well. She has a separate page for her artwork and she does like pictures of thor iron man that are so realistic looking that it, you would think it was like a picture right um, but i'm sure we have because i do like her i try and show my mom her and she's not really as big right as the other two that i just mentioned but she does have like a pretty decent following on youtube but I think mostly what, so she's a mukbanger and she, it's not ASMR, but she also doesn't do say a lot of talking. Like she'll, you know, intro it like, Hey guys. Oh, she has 1 million subscribers. Good for her. Um, but you know, she'll be like, Hey guys, you know, today, this is what we're eating. And then she'll really not talk for most of it. She'll just eat. And then she'll, you know, kind of like maybe say something in between or something. So if you're not like, say really into talking, but maybe you don't want say necessarily an entire ASMR mukbang video, I think Peggy's really good. She also eats a lot of fast food which I like watching because I, in general, do not really eat fast food. So it's kind of a guilty pleasure to watch her eating, like, you know, these fried chicken sandwiches and all this stuff from, like, Popeyes and Wendy's. And, again, she's in the Philippines, so a lot of it is, say, you know, they have – in every country – Um, big fast food chains have different food depending on the country that you're on. So it's uh, in, sorry. Um, So it's interesting to see her eating from fast food chains that we have here in America, but then seeing different things that say like are on the menu. And then of course she does like ramen and noodle type of videos as well, which are, I think pretty much like the staple for mukbang videos. But I mostly just like, and she loves uh, sushi, which she's really adorable. And she even, like, says it, like, she'll write on her wall when it's time for, like, sushi. She pronounces it as shu-shi. So she'll, like, write on her wall, like, S-H-O-O dash, like, S-H-E-I or something. <laughs> you know, she's, like, re- she's so cute about it. Um and so she'll eat, like, all this, like, you know, salmon rolls and everything. And I love sushi, especially salmon. I know. So, like, I love watching it. So, yeah, I I just enjoy her freaking content. And, again, like, she's not as – I mean, she has 1 million subscribers now, which is great. I don't think she always had that, especially when, like, I first started watching her. But she's been on YouTube for at least, like, three or four years now. Um, she, again, she's like super sweet, uh, really quirky, a fantastic 
artist. Um, and I also love, by the way, before I, like, pass it on to you, she also, whenever, like, again, she's just funny. Like, when she eats things that are spicy, say, the two times, you know, spicy noodle challenge or something, she'd be like, time to destroy my butt. Um, and I don't know, that stuff is so funny to me. So I really like Peggy Neo. <laughs> it's nice whenever you can see, like, I, I think, you know, there's that stigma of, like, oh, you know, you're a girl, don't talk about this, don't talk about that, be ladylike, and it's, like, there's almost something freeing about when it's, like, oh, I'm going to destroy my butt, or, you know, <laughs> or eating copious amounts of food. There is something almost, like, barrier-breaking for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, and I, I get what you mean, because she is very like that. Like, she's not, say, crude, but she does say things that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, like, she, a, a year ago or so, when I kind of first got into her, she was doing a review for Indomie Ramen Noodles, and she was saying that uh, she had read online that people were saying that was better than sex. And just the way that she presented saying that, she's like, oh, yeah, she's like, this is definitely better than sex. Um, I just, <laughs> like, I, I just loved it. I just love it. So, yeah, you're right. Someone who's, like, so, like, unashamed to go, oh, man, this is going to destroy my asshole tonight. And I'm just like, I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Now I want to watch people eat food. You know what? You've inspired me. I kind of want to have a stream of just buying a shit ton of sushi and just doing a just chatting stream while eating copious amounts of food. I mean, any excuse to eat a shit ton of sushi is good for me. I also feel like that would probably get you a lot of views on Twitch, but it's, it's like, it's interesting, our obsession with, say, mukbang videos, um, because in a normal day-to-day basis, I think especially, and don't get me wrong, there are plenty of male mukbang uh, individuals as well. Like, I just, do you know who Zach Choi is? Yes. Um, okay. I, he was, because he was also involved with, like, not to go into that, but, you Oh, know, we'll get with, into that in, yeah. later. We will get into that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't, I've watched a bit of him. I think I've seen a lot of his clips on Instagram. Because when I was pipelining and I would get really bored, I'd just go through Instagram forever and watch people yeah. eat and then just starve. And starve. But so my point of that is saying, like, yeah, there are very famous, like, male mukbangers. But there's something, like, really freeing about seeing, like, a woman mukbanger. And, you know, as a girl, you're, like, told, like, you know, don't eat too much. Keep your girlish figure. You know, blah, blah, blah. And just to see, like, especially Peggy. She eats a lot in one sitting, but I think she says that, like, she only does this, say, once a week, but it's a lot. Like, I don't know how she finishes half of the shit that she finishes. She'll eat, like, in one sitting, say, four Burger King Whoppers, you know, like, four things of fries, some mashed potatoes, a pie or something, not like a... You know, like the like uh, the McDonald's apple pies, you know. Um, and it's like, how do you eat all that? Like, even just once a week, you know, even if that's your only meal of the day, you know, how do you do that? But so there's something, like, so freeing to see that, and I just find it, like, really entertaining. <laughs> oh, man. No, I got to go watch all of them. I have to go find them, too. <laughs> it's funny, um, before we move on, um, 
this one YouTuber that I watched, and I don't know how true this is, I'd have to look it up, but Mukbang pretty much started in Korea, right? And he was explaining that the reason why it became so popular is because I'm I'm guessing that, say, in Korea, there's a lot of etiquette rules uh, for eating. You know, don't be too loud, don't eat too much, don't, you know, put, like, so much food in your mouth at once. And, like, mukbang videos are pretty much, like, their way to be just so free in how they were eating and it being, like, such a guilty pleasure type thing, which is, like, I can see that because even, like, here in America, it's, like, you know, don't put your elbows on the table, don't do this, don't do that. And it's, like, man, I just want to shove my face, like, with food. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that's kind of, like, uh, when we ate from the oh what's it called mandarin like oh, mandarin. i was like, i was like man i just want to show my face but if i do i'm gonna have a mouthful of toothpicks oh. and i was like I like this was like appetite control no so after that whenever i order the toothpick lamb from oh mandarin i just take all the toothpicks out first so then i can just be a slob and just eat all of it <laughs> Just take this like can you why let me order it without the toothpicks in it? I feel like that started as it has to be like an appetizer thing, right? So you get like the toothpick lamb and you put it say out on the table and everyone can just reach over and like grab it on the toothpicks, something like that. But I just want it. (laughs) I just want it. It was so good, that thing. But yeah, so Peggy Neo is my number five and I think that you should just go and check her out because I never hear anyone talk about Peggy when I hear about people talk about mukbang and all that and i think that if you are someone who say loves fast food um and you eat it a lot or you love fast food but you like me don't eat it a lot is you know to try and maintain some sort of diet uh peggy's videos will be very like therapeutic in that manner so that's my number five uh britney what is your number four I think I'm going to go with Markiplier. Now, he's a video game streamer, but uh, not streamer, a uh, YouTuber. Have you heard of him? Markiplier? Yeah. No, never heard of him. Oh, man, girl, he's one of the biggest gaming YouTubers that there is. It's uh, Mark, like M-A-R-K-I-P-L-I-E-R, like pliers, like Marky Plier. But... He's a part of the big reason that I even, like, I watched him so much. He's so funny, and he he has, like, great, like, voice acting chops. At least I feel like he always has such a deep, dramatic voice, and he's always very, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, very dramatic. But he really got popular when Five Nights at Freddy came out because the game scared him so bad that the reactions were hilarious. And... What's actually interesting about him is that uh, he's one of the only YouTubers I know that his merch, he actually, I think, if I understand correctly, he doesn't make money from it. I think he uses just enough to cover his um, merchandise costs, and he donates the rest to charity. Like, And I think that's so awesome because he's basically sitting there going, hey, I make plenty off of what I do. And... You know, he's been really a huge advocate for, like, uh, 
you know, mental health, you know, about depression and people to seek out help for suicide because at some point, like, not to get depressing, but one of the times I came around was um, there were guys that would always come on his channel and really close friends, and one of them ended up committing suicide that, you know, we saw on, you know, YouTube videos, you know, saw on other YouTube videos, and it destroyed him. You know, I think it was basically a big, you know, it took him a while to get back to normal because, you know, it would be like, you know, one of us losing each other. Like, it was pretty, you know, so heartbreaking. I think that made me more attached to him because I was like, man, you know, you have the video games and you have where it's fun, you know, and I know you have some people you like watch play video games because it's like, oh, their reactions, you know, they have such a good time, right? Mm-hmm. But but I think it's that he's so sincere and I think he does try to do a lot of good. I think he's had some mishaps in the past uh, that I'm not quite sure about. I always hear like, that some people don't like him, and I'm not really quite sure because I haven't looked that deep into it. But he's still, he's still on YouTube. He actually did a video with James Charles, uh, like doing an obstacle course together, and it was actually pretty good. It was it was hilarious actually. And I I think for me is it's nice to be able to see a different side of video game uh, YouTubers. Because a lot of times it can be like, oh, I'm just playing a game and I'm funny and my reactions are funny. But it's nice to be able to see, like, the real person behind the screen, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I like that he donates a lot of his proceeds on his merch to charity. That's something that's really admirable for people to do. I always see YouTubers who are like, go get my merch. And everyone has merch. And to me, it's like, you know, say if I got bigger on YouTube, right, with my tea times with Tia, like, I wouldn't even know what to do for merch, right? Like, why would you want merch for me? Um, so it's, you know, admirable to see, see someone who does have merch and in, instead of it kind of being there for, say, personal gain, it's there for more of a charity-like thing. And and I it's I think it's especially nice when we see how like you said with the Twitch streamers or YouTubers that are very money hungry and you can mm-hmm. tell that they forgot the reason why they wanted to do these things in the first place because I know there's like also a fine line because my end is like say from like a streaming aspect I'd love to do it full time but there's no way I'd be able to cover my bills off of it unless I was more stable, and so I guess that's why people get so hungry for it, you know, they, they lose sight of why they did it in the first place, and I think it's nice for Markiplier to actually, like, you know, know that he's stable enough that he's like, yeah, I could probably buy a new car with this money, or I could, you know, pay my bills for, you know, a few months, but instead to be able to give it back was pretty nice. Yeah, no, I like hearing that. I've never heard of this YouTuber before. I just looked him up, and I haven't watched any of his stuff. But if you say that he's, you know, funny and has, like, good content and everything, I'll check it out. Because as you said, we'll get into this um, a little later with, say, my next few picks. Um, Even though, say, I'm not the biggest gamer, there are certain people who just make it so entertaining to watch. 
So, yeah, I will definitely check it out. Yeah. Do it, girl. Um, Do it. <laughs> no, seriously. But um, so Markiplier is your number four. I'm going to get into the number three, and this is someone that I have been watching a lot lately, and it goes definitely into things that I feel like you and I will talk about. But um, So the the person on YouTube, their handle is Def Noodles, and that's D-E-F space Noodles. So this his name is Dennis. Um, he is, to me, hilarious. Um, he kind of... He describes himself as a comedian. I think he has done stand-up as well. But he, like, wears... He kind of wears, like, kitten ear uh, headphones similar to ones that you wear. Um, And he has, like, these really, like, big, like, white-framed glasses. But... Watch him too. The name threw me off. I watch him too. That's yes. Sorry. Okay. I've watched a shit ton of his videos. Like, I still do... I watch a shit ton of his videos. He does commentary on all sorts of things, such as 90 Day Fiance with, like, Big Ed and Rose's whole debacle, which I have been, like, (laughs) crazily, like, invested in. Um, And then also does things like the Hype House, TikTokers and stuff, you know. And I love his whole thing because he's so, like, sarcastic sometimes. Um... And he's the one who brought to my attention the whole, like, thing with the Twitch streamers who were there literally yelling at people to give them money. And he's just like, he's like, what the hell am I watching, he'll say. Um, So he's, like, brought that to my attention. But the number one content that I enjoy, oh, and it's so funny because he's also done a lot of videos, I don't know if you've seen this, Brittany, on Nikita Dragon um, and her like whole show that she had on Snapchat, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) I've watched so much about, I I haven't watched him in a little bit, but he's the one I watched all the, all the uh, mukbang drama through, like, he's the one I learned all of that through. Me too. So, okay, let me talk about it now. Um, no, not saying, like, you know what I'm saying. But, so, he's the one who, all right, background, right? If you're into mukbang and you, say, put mukbang into YouTube or you put mukbang into Instagram, this guy comes up called Nikocado Avocado. And I've never watched this stuff because his thumbnails have always put me off. But I had no idea who he was. Yeah, I had no idea who he was until um, Deaf Noodles did. Like, he has done so many videos on him. And I have learned the whole scope of things because of him. And it makes it, I will never watch a video, an actual video from Nikocado Avocado because I never want to give him my freaking views ever. And this is like, this is a two-parter, this thing. I'm... I'm, like, promoting Deaf Noodles, but at the same time, like, dissing Nikocado Avocado. Oh, my God. The most disgusting human being I have ever seen have a platform. Uh, I watch Deaf Noodles' commentary on it, and he, like, breaks it down because he'll, he'll always be like, oh, that, you know, that sweet clout, you know? He, can, he just can't yeah, help yeah. himself. 
that sweet clout, you know, and he'll do videos where, like, he's entirely, say, like, joking around about it, you know, like, sarcastic, but when he did videos breaking down the whole drama between Nick Accato and Stephanie Sue and Zach Choi, um, then he took more of, like, say, an investigative, like, commentary approach to it, so I learned all of that through him. <laughs> I think, like, for me, like, I, I do really enjoy his sarcasm, and I think, where is he from? What is the accent for Nick and Jake and I say? Wait, with, with Deaf Noodles? Yes, Deaf Noodles. So he, he lives in America, but he said that he was born in Brazil. So he mentions that a lot in his videos, that he is Brazilian. But he also mentions that I think he has an Italian mom because he's done videos where he, like, reacts to people's comments. And they're like, why are you yelling? And he's like, I'm Italian. Of course I'm yelling. <laughs> Which, as an Italian, I can totally get that. <laughs> is he from New York, though? Um, I don't know where he lives. Because I, his accent makes me think of the North every single time. Which, by the way, I got called a Yankee on stream the other day by my, uh, my, by my Irish friend. And I was like, I have never been called a Yankee in my life, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, to be fair, you don't have the, like, stereotypical southern accent that I, like, and any other person that I know expected you to. And you certainly don't sound like literally anyone else in your life. So I guess that could be it. But, you know, what gives you away your dead ringer is your y'all. Us yeah. here in New York don't use y'all. But, um... Yeah, I really enjoy Def Noodle's content just because he takes this, like, funny sort of comedic approach. Um, but also, you know, like, he's done vi- – I want to go back to the Nikocado thing for a sec, but also want to mention, like, he has brought to light so many of these YouTubers that I had no idea about. Like, he's talked about Jake Paul before. He's talked about J-Station. Um, he's talked about this, like, woman who has, like, kids and pretty much was, like, starving her freaking kid. Like, some of them, it's like he's taking such a comedic approach, and I don't know how he does it because some of them, I feel, are so abhorrent that – like, I want to turn off, if not for his, like, funny commentary, I would stop watching, just because, like, I don't know if you know who Jay Station is, or if you've watched Def Noodle's videos on it, but, like, how he yeah, pretended that... His, I he was so bad. He literally pretended that his, like, girlfriend died, and then, like, did a Ouija board thing, or then, like, pretended and to buy a slip, then pretended to buy a slip off the dark web. Huh? I was just laughing because I've watched so much Death Noodles that I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yes. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, so, like, to me, like, how ridiculous is it? Like, from, okay, so from watching this guy, right, from watching Death Noodles, so you've learned all about, like, the Nikocado, like, avocado situation. I want to take more of a, like, I know this list has been so, like, lighthearted, but I definitely want to talk about that for a second, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Just, like, that whole situation and, like, him being the quintessential, like, type of person on a streaming platform, say, like, YouTube or or Twitch or something, that it's, like, they are so undeserving of the platform they have. Yeah. 
and, and like talking about Nick Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. want to talk. I just want to talk oh. about him. Oh, I no, no, because I- I'm like, it, it's the same thing. Like when you and I had this whole conversation about Deer Girl like two weeks ago, and we just went in on it. And you were like, "Oh my god, thank you. I, I'm so happy that you like, you know, know who the hell Deer Girl is, so we could talk shit about it." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm so happy that you know about this whole situation because I need to talk about it." I, I think like with the Nikocado thing, right? Is I I've, I tried to evaluate how I felt about it at first. You know, besides the drama side, why I find him so repulsive, and mm-hmm. I sat there and I was like, it it's not because he's eating, and it's not because he's overweight. Those because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, people are fat shaming him or this. No, it's how disgusting he is. Like. You know, just it running all down his face, and like mm-hmm. I have enough trouble watching small children with disgusting faces and disgusting clothes. Like it grosses me out. Like even kids like drooling. I don't need to see a grown ass man do that. Whenever I'm, I'm used to like mukbang. Where yes, I don't care if it drips. I don't care. You know that that like he's so out of his way, disgusting about it. Is that it starts being repulsive or like you know, rubbing your stomach and rubbing your chest while doing it or, you know, because I've seen the clips and even seeing the clips through drama videos, I'm just like, God, you know, you're just, you're gross, you're gross. And like, you know, the allegations about him either being abusive to his husband or, you know, using abuse as an attention thing to get more, you know, stuff. But it's like he's the male Trisha Paytas. Yeah, and Trisha Paytas has done some fucked up shit. Oh yeah, I mean, what was the video that she came out as like trans, and it's like you're not trans, you're just using this for a, you're just using this to stay relevant again. Um, like, hasn't she done so many videos where she's like, I'm gay, I'm a Mormon, I'm a this, and it's like How it's just such clickbaity. What did you say? She claimed to be a chicken nugget, and she also yeah. claimed that she was black. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so he's definitely, like, the Trisha Paytos. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't help myself but talk about him because I just feel like I've never, like, witnessed someone like that before. It's and like a train I, wreck. You can't look away. Yeah, I, like, can't look away. But, again, like, I refuse to watch his actual videos because I just don't want him to get the views. But... To me, I'm just like, how do how does someone um, degrade themselves on video, you know, so easily? Because to me, I'm like, it's all acting, right? It's all like 100% acting. He is not literally crying. Like, you're not crying. You are forcing yourself to cry, and you're probably doing edits where like you're sitting there and like for you can force yourself to like cry if you really try hard, right? Um, you know, him, him and his husband are just fine. All right. You can tell they're acting. It's like the worst acting ever when they do that. Um, and they literally film it, you know, they, and put it up on YouTube. They, you know, and freaking, and he's just like, he thinks he's cute, right? Like on Deaf Noodles, he did this one thing where he like insulted Kobe Bryant. Right. And he was saying like, oh, that basketball star who died recently. What was his name? Kenneth Bryant. And it's like, you think you're cute. And then he did like a follow up video where he was like, I'm sorry to Kobe Bryant, but like 
purposely misspelled his name. And I'm like, you think you're cute. Or him yeah, putting down... You just want the backlash. Yeah, or him, like, you know, dissing BTS. I'm like, you know how big the fandom for BTS is? And, like, you knew putting that in your title, like, I dislike BTS and K-pop, would get you so much negative clout. Have you seen those memes where it goes, so you chose death? It reminds me of, like, those video games that are so freaking hard, right? Like Dark Souls, you know, or games where they're notorious, like Battletoads, right? This is like going, you know what, I think I'm going to try the hardest boss of the hardest game, and then you run into the dungeon and it's fucking the BTS community just staring there. But behind that would be John Cena. I don't know if you've seen, but, like, John Cena's, like, the biggest BTS fan ever, and he gets, like, highly offended when people, like, talk shit about them. What the hell? Have you not seen that? Oh, my God. It was so great. He is such a huge fan of them, right? And there was this, like, there was this one talk show. I forget what it was. What'd you say? There's got to be fan fiction of them. I just, I know. <laughs> John Cena times no. BTS. The best, okay, so this is why I say that, right? So he and this actress, I forget who she was. I've seen her in some things, but, like, she's not very known to me. So it was, like, him and this actress went on one of the late night shows, like, you know, whatever. I forget. I think it was, like, uh, what's that guy, James Gordon or something like that? Uh, The British guy who does, like, the carpool karaoke. So... Um, the girl, the female actress, right, uh, so the the host, I'm going to just say it's James Gordon, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but he pointed out that the actress had met BTS backstage previously at one of his shows and taken a picture of them, and he shows the picture of her with the people, right, with the, with the, are they a band or a group? I for like what we count. I guess a group, like a pop group. Anyway, right. yeah. you know, and you see as as James Gordon is showing this to the actors, you see John Cena, and he's literally doing that thing where it's like you know where he's like you're staring off to nothing, and he's like mouthing to himself like so lucky, so lucky, <laughs> and 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 she goes. And then she goes, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't really know who they were. I just saw that they had a lot of paparazzi around them and a lot of people around them. And I figured they had to be, like, well-known, so I want to take a picture. And John Cena literally was like, wait, you didn't know who they were, and you took a picture with them. And James Gordon's like, oh, you're a fan. He goes, I am a huge fan of BTS. He was like, I would have been honored to take that picture. He was like, I, and they were like, you're being serious. And, and James Gordon's like, you're being serious. And John Cena's like, yes. He's like, I love them. I love what they stand for. I love their music. Like, John Cena was legit. So I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Nikocado has John Cena to face if he goes against BTS. <laughs> That was not the that was not the ship I was expecting, but you know what? <laughs> I just had to bring that up because it's my favorite like my favorite um fact about John Cena is the fact that he's such a BTS fan. 
Oh my gosh. Now I'm gonna have to look this up. I feel like I feel you could be trolling me right now and I would believe I, it. Brittany, like, this is I swear I'm not I'm this not even <laughs> I'm looking it up right now and I'm gonna try it. Yep, yep, here you go. Here you go. You don't trust me. You better watch this afterwards or we gonna have problems. Okay, okay. I got you, girl. I got you. For the audience who's listening, I am sending Brittany a, a literally the video I was just talking about so that she can see that I'm not lying and that John Cena loves BTS. It, by the way, really, like, random, and I feel like this whole section has been random, so I apologize, but I never really liked John Cena in the past, not for any particular reason, but I feel like there was a time that whenever a WWE star went into acting, it was terrible. Like, no disrespect to The Rock, he's great now, but I'm in that age bracket that remembered when he was solely a WWE star and his first acting bit was in the second mummy and then he had his own movie the scorpion king which was absolutely awful so he did a lot of bombs and he still kind of does a lot of bombs but you know that's neither here or there a skyscraper but so when John Cena was like first coming onto the scene of acting, I was like, "Oh God, another WWE star trying to be an actor." But now I kind of like him. Like I don't know, I've seen a few things with him, and I'm like, he is a better actor than I thought. And I feel like there's a lot. Of... What'd you say? Good in Bumblebee as the uh, military yeah. dude. Yeah, and he's going to be in um, The Suicide Squad, so I'm excited for that. And I've seen a few comedies with him in it. My point is that anything that Channing Tatum is in, you can take out and then replace it with John Cena, and you'd have at least a better and better... You'd have a better actor and a better-looking actor, too. So, And yes, that's a jab at Channing Tatum. I don't think he's a good actor. Ready for the hate mail and the death threats for that one. Um, But... Before I go back to you, Brittany, and I'm sorry for taking so long with this one. Yeah, so um, if Nick Avocado Avocado, is truly sincere in his videos, he needs help. Um, But my point is that Deaf Noodles is wildly entertaining. I love his commentary, um, and he just came out with, I think, something today on the whole Shane Dawson controversy that is now coming back up. Oh, this um, is insane. I've been drinking it up like milk. Like, I am all on it, girl. <laughs> well, because I think, what is it? You know, people are really upset that Jenna Marbles, um, you know, pretty much essentially took herself off of YouTube. And people were saying that how does someone like Jenna Marbles who maybe did, like, one or two videos back in 2012 like this, had since taken them down, feels really bad, has apologized for them, and she feels to the point where she needs to get off YouTube, and someone like Shane Dawson doesn't. And he definitely showed a lot of videos of Shane's that were like, oof, you, how did you think that those were funny even back then? And again, I'm 30. I lived in the era, like, what, 10, 12 years ago where being shocking and stuff was the entertainment and even that I was like oof even then I don't know how you were you know how Shane had a platform at that point with those type of videos I think like 
if it's okay with you, I'll I'll go ahead and lead into my pick because Jenna is actually my uh, number two or like my number one. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, you would say that your number two is Jenna Marbles, which you know is before you go any further, really does kind of suck because I remember like Cindy really liked Jenna Marbles. Like I've watched some Jenna. I never like really watched a whole lot of Jenna Marbles, but I love the videos. Remember, you know that guy. Brand Mondo, the one who does like hairdresser reacts to, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's done a few videos on Jenna Marbles like ruining no, her daddy, hair. I bet he has. I think for me is, and this will go into why I love her so much, is I loved a lot of her early, earlier videos, right? Like mm-hmm. not not those ones because I don't hardly remember like the Nicki Minaj one or the the one with the uh, Asian stereotype, uh, that racial slang. But, but, like, I remember, like, oh, shit, guys say. Or, you know, it was so silly, and it was, you know, it was definitely different. And But she's had such character development out of anyone. Like, she went from wanting to be very, like, like, and not that there's a problem with it. She was very over, she was very sexualized you know she did have that photo of her like in the football gear you know and she always felt like she had to be just so and watching her throughout the years grow and change where she didn't feel like she had to do her makeup every day where she didn't feel like she had to do her hair every day you know how much she loved her dog she became vegan which, you know, I'm not vegan, but she believes it so strongly and doesn't shove it. You know, she she feels she's able to educate without feeling like she's like, what's the word for it? Not pandering, but also not not on a soapbox to try to make you feel bad. She's just like, hey, this is my reason for doing things and it's fine because it's me. And even she said, I, I watched a lot of her video addressing things. She goes, you know, I left those videos up because I wanted people to see how I had changed and how I've grown and how I've, I've grown up as a person, right? And and she really has, because I, I was watching her videos every week, like every new one. Like, I was devastated. Like, Amanda texted me crying, you know, my uh, my soon-to-be sister-in-law. Because we had bonded also how much we loved Jenna Marbles and we'd watch those videos together. And to see her go, you know, I, I wanted people to see how I'd grown. She goes, but the thing is, is she goes, people aren't looking back at those and going, oh, you know, or seeing the timeline. They're like, she goes, my name's tied to it. And they're going, what the fuck did she do, you know? She goes, so, you know, I'm getting, she goes, I'm going to private those videos. She's like, I'm going to get rid of those. She's like, and she talks a lot about, like, and she's addressed this before. She was ashamed of those videos. And, you know, she's been careful. You know, she posted a whole long a video crying upset because I think it was over a fish tank. She had bought the wrong kind or too small. And she felt like she hadn't done her proper research for an animal that she was getting. Or, you know, people told her she had too small of a hamster cage or didn't have enough space. So, you know, what she did, she went out, redid everything, made the hamster's home a lot bigger. You know, it was like she's trying so hard to make everybody happy and be a good person. 
that I think out of anybody who deserves forgiveness for things, it should be Jenna Marbles because people are never going to feel the need to change and become a better person as if we're, if they become educated and they change for the better, but they still get absolutely destroyed and canceled for their past. I, you know, and that's what a lot of YouTubers and a lot of community members of all sorts are saying, you know, you know, like we were coming for Shane. We didn't want Jenna. <laughs> and I don't know. I just think she's so sincere that I've never felt like she is the only person that a lot of times when I watch YouTube videos and there's an apology or they're giving a statement, I always feel like I'm being lied to or manipulated to feel bad. But she, you can tell that she blames herself more than anybody could blame her. Like, it'd be her worst critic. And I think that's so hard to find in a big YouTuber, especially someone that's been around since the beginning. Well, yeah, and... You know, I saw that someone said, you know, that Jenna made a video <laughs> apologizing about a fish tank. Um, so it's like, do you really not think that she's sincere in this? I, we talked about how, before the podcast, how uh, Dr. Disrespect getting permanently banned from Twitch kind of rocked the Twitch community. I feel like Jenna Marbles leaving YouTube is rocking the YouTube community because, you know, while I never say personally watched a lot of her videos, just because it wasn't necessarily my type of content, you know, nothing against her, but I know who the hell Jenna Marbles is. She's one of the OGs. Uh, there's memes about her. I think I've used GIFs of her. I've watched her videos. As I said, hairdresser reacts to her destroying her hair, and they've always been entertaining to me. Uh, her love of her freaking little weird-looking dogs, and I mean that in such a sincere way because they're cute <laughs> because they're kind of, like, funny-looking, you know. Um, Greyhounds, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like, to me, Jenna Marbles just always came off as, like, almost a stoner chick. And I say that in such yes. a sincere way because you know that I have absolutely nothing wrong with marijuana and think that it should be legalized across the country. And I'm like, she just looks like a cool stoner chick. Like, and I'm sorry, stoners aren't, like, really malicious people because they're high all the time and they think everything's great, you know? So, I'm like... You know, how could someone like Jenna be, you know, perceived as malicious when, in my mind, that's kind of, like I thought, as I said, the cool stoner chick. And I don't know if she smokes pot or anything. I'm not trying to, like, accuse her of. And even if I did, I, again, don't think any, I, you know, we all smoke pot. Um, you know, I don't think anything's <laughs> wrong with it, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, so to me, I'm like, she always just seems so, like, laid back and, like, cool and stuff like that. And there's this other YouTuber, Jacqueline Glenn, who did kind of, like, a reaction to Jenna Marble stepping away. And she kind of said, too, she was, like, she was, she was saying, you know, Jenna's one of the OGs. She was, like, she inspired me, you know, of how personable she was how kind she was how she really put herself out there and she said she was one of the og she's been around for like over a decade and it's like none of i think people forget none of us are who we were 10 years ago i'm 30 i certainly was not the you know not the same person now that i was when i was 20 right 
Um, And it's like people change. But how do you expect people to change if they are so um, bastardized and, you know, quote-unquote canceled over things that came out years ago? Like, literally in 2012. And it's the same way that I felt about the whole James Gunn situation where it's like, you know, he put out some inappropriate tweets and as I said 10 11 years ago the humor was different um and I think that's where that came from and so I saw that with Jenna and I I saw the things that first of all I okay on Twitter right you type in Jenna Marbles I do not see one person talking shit about her it is all a collective group of people distraught over the fact that she left youtube so i'm like where are the people who were bashing her that made her feel like she needed to leave youtube because i literally see none of that that's my thing is like she legitimately is just so well-meaning and nobody pushed her to change there was you know i'm sure she, you know, she said that she had taken some criticisms on her comments and stuff, but even me looking back, I was like, man, I don't remember hardly seeing anything. There was no, like, oh, I've got to change because people are going to see me in a certain light and I'm going to get canceled, you know, because she had no reason to change. She just did it, and I think that's even more impressive than going, oh, I'm only this way in the public eye, you know, and trying to be someone they're not, but I think she's such a good, sincere person that, I don't know, it's sort of like, um, okay, Manny MUA, you know, his dad started out as very homophobic, right? And hated that his son was gay. And, you know, they had a lot of issues throughout the year. But, like, his dad came to accept him. He has such huge regret, you know, and he really accepted everything. He, He did, like, a 180. Like, he... He changed everything and really saw the error of his ways, right? Mm-hmm. And he got a, and the dad got emotional on a YouTube video saying how, you know, bad he felt and now, you know, he regrets how he was and saying how ignorant he was. And a lot of people were crucifying him. And Manny said the same thing. He's like, my dad literally did one of the hardest changes from a homophobe to being a decent person. And he's like, and you just want to be mean to him. He goes, why can't you allow people to change for the better? Because people want to have this holier-than-thou, righteous standpoint where they've always been on the right side of things and they're on their high pedestal. And if you, you know, had any sort of shred of that, you know, then you're a horrible person. But it's like, please live in reality. Um, I think it's so admirable, you know, and I don't watch Manny MUA anymore. Um, for other drama reasons, but I think that's so admirable to have a pa- like to literally have a parent who was homophobic and then turn around and say that that was so wrong of them. Like that's what you hope for. Like that's what that's what you hope for that people that's the greatest who, development. that. But listen, that is what you hope for, right? You hope for people like you hear people who you know. Uh, grew up, say, in the South, and, uh, you know, were insane racists at some point, you know, and then literally, uh, 
you know, turned around and, like, saw the error of their ways. It's like, that's what you hope for. If you have someone who's sexist, racist, homophobic, you're hoping for them to see that that's wrong and then change. But it's like, how are they expected to change when they see that they won't be celebrated? They'll just be crucified for their past, you know? So I think that, and I've talked about this with, like, other members of Geek Fives Nation, the idea of this whole cancel culture thing. You know, in some retrospect, you know, people should be canceled for, like, certain people. But people like Jenna Marbles, like, come on. She's been an OG. I have never heard one negative thing about her. And I'll say this. How the hell does Jenna Marbles get run off of freaking YouTube, but people like Nikocado Avocado and Onision are still on YouTube. Makes no sense. <laughs> Which, side note, just as a, a reminder to myself, uh, I had a 6th grade uh, teacher um, who was a history teacher, and he was explaining, you know, going through history, and we went through um, you know, Civil War and, you know, slavery and everything, and he was talking about racism and how it's spread and, you know, it's, you know, it's taught. And he was going through and he's like, you know, he goes, I struggle a lot. He goes, and I've come out of it because his freaking dad was the leader of the KKK in that area. And I was oh like, God. that's some shit, like, to come back from being taught that way and growing up that way and being able to make up your own mind that, hey, that shit's wrong. I was like. I was like, dude, hats off to you. Well, like, okay, two things really quick. Like, there's this story, and I forget the gentleman's name, but he um, was an African-American gentleman who literally, like, in his life, made it his mission to get white supremacists to leave the KKK. And he succeeded. He got, like, over 50-something people to literally leave the KKK because just by having a conversation and starting a dialogue with them had them seeing that it was wrong for them to be just so utterly racist. And I'm like, that's what you hope for. Like, that's what you hope for. That's a dream. That's a dream. And, you know, that's why, like, people with, like, racial tattoos, you know, like, that are racist or, you know, anti-Semitic, you know, when people are, like, offered to cover them for free and give them a new lease on life, and some people are like, oh, they should have to live with their shame, and I'm like, let them change, because at that point, you're just, how are we going to make the world a better place if we just, like, crucify people forever, because I think it's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful that they did those things. But I think if people can show that they change, it's kind of like prison. You know, at some point we do prison, right? Even though I think the the prison system is flawed and everything. But um, you're supposed to go in and, you know, once they feel like you serve your time and you're good and you come out and you be, you know, you... You're supposed. I'm trying to think. That it's coming off as a bad analogy because I'm like, okay, the prison system's so flawed that any of this stuff. You could talk about the prison system in like Sweden is great because apparently it's so reformed that they've turned a few of their prisons into hotels because there's so few prisoners. (laughs) Yeah, let's not go the American prison system. My bad. Well, what, I'm trying to go off of what it was supposed to be. You know, people are supposed to reform and, you know, pay for their crimes and then be able to go off. 
you know, and just be fine. Which obviously that's not the way it is in America, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like I do. I do want to like. I definitely want to point that out that like the American prison system sucks, but yeah. the Swedish like prison system is apparently amazing. Um, if you want to say that the American prison system is good, then it has to be compared to say like Russian prison system because I've seen like a few documentaries on that, and yeah, that's that's pretty bad that one, but. I mean, one last thing that I'll say is, you know, and I've talked about this with other members of GVN on different podcasts, but it's like growing up in a Catholic household, you are taught certain things, right? And I'm very happy to say that, like, no one thinks that way, right, anymore in my family. But it's, um, you know, I remember, like, the idea of gay marriage was something taught in a completely different way than what I think of today, right? And it was going to my first pride parade that literally, like, sparked this idea in my head that I was like, I will forever fight for the rights for gay people to get fucking married, you know? But it's like, you know, that's a... And not to say that I was ever against it, because I wasn't, but it's like people grow and it's like if it was before going to pride and you asked me like you know if i if that was a fight i was willing to like you know fall on my sword for i would probably say no and i'd be like aloof about it right but it's like then you change because you see you know such you're you're pretty much open to like a difference right and at that point then you're like that's what it is. So to me, I'm like, I feel like that's how it is for, like, say, Jenna Marbles. It's like, okay, at some point, she did a video, right, where she was pretending to be Nicki Minaj. And it's like, in her, I don't know how young she was at that point, but thinking that that was okay. But she clearly saw that at some point that that was not okay, even if she was just trying to make a parody video. Yeah. And it's like, um, on that note, do you remember... And I feel like, I think this, like, awesome, the links that we've come from, even, say, when we were young, like, even though we're still young, but, you know, like, when we're, like, in our teens, or, like, before teens, and did you have that moment that was, like, my parents, my parents weren't like that, because we had people in our family, but, you know, definitely, you know, being raised in the South, and being raised in a Baptist, you know, community, you know, you had that moment where, you know, you really, like, would see things, and you're like, oh, you know, do you know that, like, that, like you said, like, where you're like, you're like, people say it's wrong, but I don't see how it's wrong, and then you sit there, and you think, and you think, and then suddenly it's like your brain makes up its own mind, that you're like, this is fucking stupid, how can this be wrong, and you're kind of like, it's kind of nice that, you know, we've come so far where it's not, there's not as many people having that struggle where they're realizing, because I was sitting there the other day where I was like, how was it even a problem about, like, gay marriage? Why was this even a big deal? Why was this even a thing in the first place? Right. It was so ridiculous, because now when we look back, we go, God, that was such a big deal. And now it's like nothing, and nobody's throwing a fit, you know, America didn't fall apart, you know, marriages didn't... <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's like, it didn't ruin the sanctuary, the sanctity of marriage. You know what I mean? I'm just like, it's kind no, of... No, you are. 
real strides, but it is interesting, especially even us as kids, how it was even so much different than where it wasn't exactly smiled upon, but us being able to form our own opinions and be taught a different way to go, yeah, hey, I don't feel a certain way about this, because like you, I was never against it, but you know, when you're constantly taught something and you're like, you're like, but they're saying this, but I believe it's this way, and just trying to grow up as a kid like that i think it's just nice that we've come so far it is it i think that's great what you pointed out by the way Brittany. um like we don't even really think about it now because it's like it's just marriage right and there's a generation of kids who are growing up with that and that that's great that was the goal um but before gay marriage came out, and I know this is, like, really off topic, but, I, you know, I, I love talking about it. Um, there was this, like, consensus of, like, oh, my God, we're fighting for the morality of America. Imagine what happens if we allow gay people to marry. Things are going to fall apart, blah, 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 you know, and it's like, that was so stupid. But you're right, like, you know... Again, growing up in a, you know, I went to church every Sunday, I went to Catholic school, you know, and you're told, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman, right? And I, I, I think I've told, I've told you this story, like, I went to Pride, right? And the first year that I went to the Pride Parade in New York was the year that New York passed uh, for gay marriage to be legal. And this was before then uh, President Obama put it for the whole country, right? Um, but this is when New York passed it and I saw people who were together for 60 years, right? You know, with signs, you know, saying like, now we can finally, you know, uh, have a legal union. And I like sobbed. I sobbed so hard because I was like, I can't believe that it was ever taught. And I can't believe that people think that something like this is wrong because if you just saw what I saw you wouldn't think that it's wrong and if you see what I see and you think it's wrong then you just have like evil in your heart you know what I'm saying so it's like and I know that's so random but I get very passionate like very passionate about that moment because I feel like that was such a turning moment in like my views and in my life because I didn't have anyone in my family who was gay so I didn't grow up seeing that really um so that was kind of like my first experience with it which is weird me being in new york but that's just really how it was no i feel that i completely understand and like you said you know that's the hard thing because religion can be so good in our lives but it can definitely be for the worst have a negative effect yes but um I'm sorry that because we still have a number one. I'm sorry for the listeners that we just went on this huge tangent here. But I think the point is is that this whole Jenna Marbles thing certainly has us uh, very passionate and very confused. And I think there's a bigger conversation to be had um, even further than what we've talked about and touched upon about Jenna Marbles. And again, as I said, if people like Nikocado Avocado and Onision are still on the platform... I don't fucking understand. So, but anyway, great point. We're down to the number one. Uh, 
I'm going to read off who we have before I get to it, okay? Uh, so, and I think it's a little more lighthearted, my number one pick, to help us wrap up the night. But So, number 10, we had Simply Nailogical. For number 9, we had Itty Bitty Brit. Oh, I guess I should say the platforms that they're on. Simply Nailogical is on YouTube, right? Yep. Okay, so Simply Nailogical on YouTube, Itty Bitty Brit on Twitch, Ms. Kiff. Who is, uh, what are they on? Twitch. Twitch. Tiny Kitchen on YouTube. Odd Tinkering on YouTube. Peggy Neo on YouTube. Um, Marco Pier. <laughs> That's going to be so weird. <laughs> Marco Pier. Oh, oh, my God. Um, sorry. Oh, on YouTube. No, I, I'm just. It's hard for me to pronounce. Um, Deaf no- Noodles on YouTube. Jenna Marbles on new- on YouTube. And to round us out is my, like, favorite YouTuber who I can watch religiously. And you were talking about, like, what, falling asleep to odd tinkering. I fall asleep to this guy, and it is Gray Still Plays. I, I I love watching Gray Still Plays. So this is a gamer YouTuber who, in my opinion, takes like some of the most ridiculous games and plays them. Like he played recently a video game where it was about making bread. Like the most obscure games that I don't even know how they're made. And he like does them and he's so hilarious. His commentary takes things like so seriously too with it. Uh, and just the shit that he does is ridiculous. He, like, has, a, you know, these video games where he makes amusement parks and he literally is, like, determined to make it, like, an amusement park in hell. But one of the primary um, reasons why I like watching him is that he has a whole series on Sims and literally every video is a way to get the Sims to die through various means. So he'll have where it's like, uh, I, you know, saw, like, made the Sims, like, woohoo to death, or I gave them alcohol poisoning. Like, so, like the most ridiculous shit. Like, what goes on in his mind, I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry, no, you were saying something, Brittany? <laughs> No, I was just laughing because uh, uh, I'm like, God, that sounds like sadistic 14-year-old me on <laughs> No, I know. It's like he literally just sees, like, what he can do to kill his sims. And I think that it's hilarious. Like, just... And also the names that he comes up with for his Sims and the type of situations that he puts in. Like, he'll do, um, I built a 1,000-foot hallway for my Sims, you know, and or made my Sims run on a treadmill to death, which, as, yeah, it does sound very cryptic Is and sadistic. God with these <laughs> That's a, it's like he plays God with them, like, and he'll do these comments where he's like, Florida man is like, oh God, Gray, what are you making us do, you know, and like, the names he comes up with them, like, one of them is like, like, I watch so many that it's, you almost start knowing, like, the characters already, like, one of them is, 
One of them is like Colino, one of them is LSD, Bab Ross, and just ridiculous. But the most important thing about Grace Still Plays and his like Sims franchise, not franchise, series, is that it made me really want to play Sims to the point where Paulie was like, why don't you just buy it? And I was like, no. That's ridiculous. Probably like something like forty or like sixty dollars or something. And I'm not spending that much on a freaking game. And then for shits and giggles, one day I looked under the Sony, um, like a uh, Play Store, and it literally was discounted to like nine dollars. And I was like, well, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> at that point, you just gotta get it. It's a sign. It's a sign. So I did get it, and I play The Sims now. Because of Graystill Plays. <laughs> Have you still been playing it as much? Because there was at some point, like, that's how I feel like with Valorant right now, is the way you felt with Sims, where you, like, can't talk. Sorry, I haven't <laughs> messaged in hours. I'm playing this game. <laughs> I haven't played as much because Polly has been playing No Man's Sky, and he plays it for the PS4, and The Sims is on the PS4, so I literally have to, like, battle him to the death. No, I'm joking, but I'll be... But I have seen Gray still plays, and he is funny. Like, like he's definitely one of those guys that I was like, man, I want to do a YouTube series because they make it look so much fun. He really does, and, you know, from now, like, say, playing The Sims, it's like, I wonder what he does, because, like, when I play The Sims, you know, you have to make sure that they uh, use the bathroom, they cook food, blah, 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 but I'm like, does he literally just sit back and, like, let The Sims, like, you know, on, with their own devices, because they'd be like, oh, look what this one's doing. And it's like, for me, when I'm playing, I'm like, you know, setting the stage for what they have to do. So I'm like, he literally just like sits back and like watches his Sims. But I will say that he is right. Sims are freaking stupid. Like, they're so dumb. I like, I, when I watch his videos, he'll talk about how dumb they are. And I'm like, no, they they are dumb. Like, they will literally pee on the floor instead of just going to the bathroom. Like, you have to tell them to go to the bathroom, or else they're just going to piss they're on disgusting. themselves. They're disgusting. They're so gross. They let they leave plates out and everything. I just hate them, but I love playing it so badly. Um, but yeah, you so Crystal... You get up and play again. Oh my god, you... Oh my god. Brittany. Brittany, on air, everyone, comment. <laughs> Do you want Brittany <laughs> to play the freaking Sim? I... I would watch your Twitch streams if you started playing The Sims. I I oh would love to see gosh. that. I'm like I'm sitting there and I'm like oh it'd be fun, but I'm like I'm like oh no oh no it'd be bad it'd be bad because I know what would happen is that some viewers would want to be like oh put me in there right like some subs oh, and then I'm, if I make my character and they hook up it's gonna be awkward it's gonna be weird it's okay, gonna so be fucking weird but so, I got one I can make up I can make up fake characters I would love to watch like I I'm telling you Brittany I'm I'm being serious I would watch your Sims play but. Um, can I tell you really quick, speaking about that, of this one family that I'm really invested in on Sims? This is so random, guys. People are like, what the hell are they all talking about? But this is important. 
All right, this is very important. So when I first got Sims, I was making, like, a bunch of different characters, a bunch of different houses, and then eventually, I like, now I'm just, like, so focused on this one family. And this is the history, right? So I made this one character, and I named her Lexi. And that's an inside joke with Brittany, right? Yeah, but uh-huh. <laughs> I made I made this one character, Lexi, and one day, I, I don't know where I was. Was I going to the supermarket? I don't know. I come back, and Paulie's like, oh, I made a character. And I was like, you made a fucking character in my Sims? God damn it. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but, no, but this is hilarious. So he made this character called Fitty. Because he, he made it look like 50 cents. 50 oh, cents, uh, 50 no. Cents. Um, but, so, at, so, okay, this is the drama, right? This, like, this is why I'm so invested in this one family. So you have Lexi, right? And at one point, I had Lexi in a relationship with this girl, Connie, right? They were dating. I made them girlfriends. Um, but then Fiddy started coming around. And I had Lexi cheat on Connie with Fiddy. And then I had Fiddy get Lexi pregnant. So then Lexi and Connie broke up. And then Lexi got with Fiddy, right? So then they had a kid. And then I had them have another kid, right? And then it was a while before I went back to that family. I was doing other families. So then I go back to that family. And I'm like, and so you have Lexi, right? Her son is like a teenager at this point, And like her daughter is like five. And it's like, oh, and I can't find Fiddy. And if you look at all the Sims, it was like, they're very sad. And I'm like, why? And it's like, Fiddy died while, like, I was gone. Like, I saw his urn, right? I saw his urn, and he died. And it was like, everyone was mourning. Like, occasionally they'd go up to it, and they start crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's like, Fiddy died of old age. And I'm like, Paulie, what age did you make Fiddy? Like, did you make him an old man? Like, I didn't even notice that. So then, let's... So Lexi was a single mom to her two kids, and, you know, she had to go to work and stuff, and I was like, you know, um, (laughs) Lexi needs some support here. So I moved in this new guy character named Sean, and then I hooked Lexi up with Sean, and then I got her pregnant again, and then she gave birth, and then I got her pregnant again, right? And now she's pregnant again. So my main goal is to just get Lexi pregnant as much as possible and just have a million kids. And I'm like, you can tell that the oldest son is like, who the fuck is this guy coming in and trying to be our stepdad? (laughs) I I, I feel like it's just so funny that like between that that Lexi's the one having the million kids. I know. I know. The inside joke between Brittany and I, but it comes from a sadistic point that I just want her to, like, pop out a million children because she's, like, constantly tired. And, like, now all these babies are screaming everywhere. And now Sean, the stepdad, has to, like, deal with all of this. And he's like, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm wrong here. But... What? I said you do make me want to see this YouTuber play Sims, though. 
I know. I know. I'm sorry. It's like I forget sometimes that we're doing a podcast and Brittany and I aren't actually just talking on the phone with each other. I apologize for those listening about my Sims and my obsession with the Sims. But to be fair, um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. And Brittany should definitely play the Sims. I would be obsessed. Obsessed. But uh, uh, (laughs) Brittany, I'm sorry that I just kept rambling but i think that we did a good job this was a lot of fun it i was fun at this um and so this was our list of the top 10 streamers and youtuber youtubers to watch obviously i'm sure everyone has their favorites so please let us know what your favorites are and Brittany, before we close out please plug your shit i was gonna say you plug me plenty girl you've been You've been so sweet and kind, but uh, obviously you find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. Um, if, and also, if anybody's listening from Mixer and is having trouble making the transition over to Twitch, you can always message me on either Twitch or on Twitter, which is Itty Bitty Brit Zero, because I know it's rough and a whole different beast with Twitch, but... But, yeah, that's where you can find me. I've been playing The Last of Us 2, and hopefully I'll start after Alien Isolation. Maybe I'll pick up some Sims 4, because I do own it in a couple of the uh, expansions for it. Oh, my God. This is why you need to play it. I don't even have any of the the expansions. I'm on the basic shit. So, yeah, but please... No, Please make sure that you check that out with Brittany. That was really great about the mixer plug. Uh, if you are trying to make the transition, make sure you check out Brittany um, for all that good stuff. And then, of course, I've been trying to put out more Tea Time with Tia videos simply because there's been more freaking um, trailers. <laughs> so there's been more content to do. So make sure you check that out at Geek Vibes Podcast on YouTube. Of course, you can check us out at geekvibesnation.com where it links to all of our articles and our videos, reviews, and stuff like that. So just make sure you check that out. And you can find me on Twitter at TFAB. Um, don't bother with Instagram because I freaking hate that platform right now. But as I said earlier in my podcast. But, yeah, uh, this is fun. And I look forward to doing more like these. So, Brittany... Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, and thank you, lovely listeners, for doing so as well. Thank you, guys. We'll see you all next time. See ya.